Hello and welcome to the Doula and the Midwife podcast with me, the virtual midwife, Karen Wilmot, and Charlene Yarrett-West, founder of Relax Into Birth Online Hypnobirthing. We came together to bring you Relax Into Birth Plus, our comprehensive online antenatal course focusing on labor, birth, and beyond, and featuring extensive hypnobirthing techniques, as well as covering the medical aspects of the birthing process. We also always take the time to answer your burning questions about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood, and many of them come from our Relax Into Birth Plus WhatsApp group, as well as emails that people send us via our website. So welcome to this episode on the first day of spring, and how has your week been, Charlene? I've had a good week, thank you. I did some sessions with a mom for, as a postpartum doula which involves visiting her over a few days and spending time with her and her baby and tasks range anything between washing her dishes <laughs> to giving her a foot massage or back massage, helping with the baby, checking that the latch is okay, to holding the baby so that she can go and have a sleep or a run or a pop out to the shops. So how do your postpartum packages work? Do you go there for several hours a day or do you just arrange visits at certain times, sort of day three, day five, day seven? Yes, there are different packages and it's, it's quite relaxed. It's less what a midwife would do because she's looking for specific things. I'm just filling in this, the gaps. So whatever that may be. So I have a three-day package. There's also a 10-hour package. And then she can decide what works best for her. And she can use these hours at any time. It can be three days in a row. It can be once a week over three weeks, whatever works for her. And it's, it's really just holding space for, for them. I like the hours model because it just gives them that extra space and time. I mean, sometimes you can just go there and spend two hours and look after the baby while she has a sleep. Exactly. Yeah, so you just fill in wherever. Exactly. It just kind of brings everything back into order because as without, so within. I think yeah. that the pressure uh, is, is so intense in that postpartum period. We've discussed it a bit with um, Cecile from, you know, our midwife yes. from Dubai recently and just about the pressure for moms to look great and still be doing everything while looking after a newborn baby. And that is incredibly unrealistic. I wish that we did adopt a 40 days postpartum where the mother just stays in and around the house and is pampered and looked after and cooked for and just just held in this beautiful, quiet space with her baby. But hey, that's not what we want mm. to talk about today, because yeah. the topic today is actually about when to go to the hospital. I know that that's something that I get asked almost daily. I see it all the time on the groups and forums, and it's even come up in our group. And it's a big worry for first time moms about knowing when to go to the hospital, what labor, you know, what labor feels like, how do they know they're in labor? I think the biggest fear is that they go in too late. And often that fear of going in too late means that they actually go in too early, which is actually worse. It is. I was at a birth just recently where we, luckily we got to the hospital in, in good time. 
but it was quite quiet when I got to her house and I was wondering if it would be the right time, but the husband was quite adamant on leaving for the hospital. And I think that also plays a role. So it's not just about what the mother wants, it's what the partner feels comfortable with and how far we can allow, he can, he will allow or she whatever your partner is, will allow for being at home or not. Yes, I've definitely had that with couples where the laboring mother is very happy to stay at home longer, but it's the partner who gets a little bit anxious and wants to go in sooner. And I think that's probably why attending a birth preparation class and having support together as a couple is so important so that you really are both on the same page. And that's such a big part of your birth preparation is making sure you are on the same page. There's a beautiful exercise in in our course, actually, the beliefs about birth one, which talks, gets gets both partners to do an exercise separately and answer questions about, you know, how painful they think birth is on a scale of one to 10 how likely they are to use pain medication on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable they feel speaking to the care provider on a, you know, and then there's different words and everything. And then they come together after they've answered those questions and compare their answers. And specifically the one around pain management is incredibly important because imagine if they don't do that exercise and they get to this and and she goes into labor and her preference is to avoid all pain medication and they haven't had the discussion and her husband just assumes that she's going to have an epidural or thinks that she should have an epidural because he doesn't want to see her suffering. And I know we talked a lot about the difference between pain Mm. and suffering, but that is the common perception, should I say, that it is about suffering. And if you haven't had that discussion, then you get to the hospital and he's saying, asking for the epidural and she's saying, no, 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 I don't want it. I mean, it's not an argument or even a discussion you want to be having when you're in labor and certainly not in the hospital. Yeah. Many partners are like, hell no, we're not doing labor at home. Oh, no, that's not happening. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's just because of fear, like they don't know what's going to happen. So if they know what's going to happen and what to expect, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable. And I think once again, that, that kind of ties into having a doula, because it's the doula who keeps the calm and reassures you that everything is okay. I mean, if only the baby did come out so quickly and would just pop out before anyone arrives anywhere it doesn't happen like that you have time to labor at home till until you're getting roughly three surges in 10 minutes consistently for about 40 minutes and you want your surges to last for about a minute each before you move away from home and i like to use the talk to the hand thing Mm -hmm. once the mom gets to the talk to the hand you know it's probably around about I love that yeah (laughs) I haven't heard that one haven't you it's my favorite thing (laughs) it's so true though isn't it you know once they get to that stage of talk to the hand I can't talk during surges I don't want to talk during surges I really need to breathe through them and then they just start pushing that hand out like (laughs) then you know okay then you know yeah you know and even then it's not a huge big rush Mm. it's not a big panic no I I always say when it becomes demanding of your attention and you can't Mm. look at anything else but I think Mm. yours is much better talking to the hand stage (laughs) 
<laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And another thing I like to encourage couples to do is if you know that on an average day, it takes you 30 minutes to get to the hospital from your home and you are having two surges every 10 minutes, then you know that during the, in the journey from home to hospital, you're probably going to have six to eight surges in the car on the yes. journey. And that's what you're going to have to deal with. That's what you're going to have to cope with. So whatever you're doing at home to breathe through and work with the surges, you want to continue doing in the car. And you know that it's only going to happen. And you don't want to be counting that because that's kind of going into the analytical brain. And by the time you're in the talk to the hand stage, you're already moving into the primal birthing brain. But it's something to think about beforehand when you're planning and think, oh, I can, oh, I can do this because... I know that I'm going to experience sort of six, six or so surges in the car. And when I get to the hospital, there's no big rush. You don't have to park an emergency and rush up and ring bells and everything. People are arriving in the hospital every day in labor. Depending on how intense and how frequent those surges are, you certainly want to park closer to the entrance. But also then there's no rush. You know, if you have a surge as you get out the car, stand there, find a position, lean over the car, breathe through it, walk a little bit. You might get to the entrance, have another one stand stop breathe work through it go up lean on a wall yeah just 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 take it slowly keep doing whatever you were doing at home you're just changing from one environment to another and in that entire time that you are moving to that new environment as far as possible keep doing what you were doing at home nothing has actually changed the only thing that's changing is your environment, the external factors, but internally, everything is still staying the same and you want to Mm. keep that rhythm. Because another thing that often happens is that the thought of going to hospital, sort of your mindset shifts and you start all the little fears and niggles and things you might start worrying about, and that can actually slow the labor down. Yes, but what helps with that is to put your tracks on in your earphones that you're listening to your hypnobirthing tracks on the way so as soon as you leave home make sure that you've got them on an ipod or your phone or device that you can listen to it and then obviously to make yourself comfortable in the car by being in the back seat on all fours maybe with a bucket in the back of the car seats lined with towels and maybe some linen savers in case your waters break on the way and making yourself comfortable and realizing that it is just a change of scenery. Nothing else is changing. And I love that about listening to the hypnobirthing tracks. And I actually think that is so important so that you've actually got something to focus on for the journey. Yes. And that's what you're focusing on so that your mind doesn't go into that starting to worry. Oh, will my doctor be there? Who's, which midwife is on duty? Is it too late or whatever? Don't worry about any of that. You've made the decision. You're ready to go. And now you just stay in that place so that when you arrive, you just keep on going. Labor just continues. And that really is also, I think, where the partners need to step up and not take control, but manage the situation so that she can stay in that place so that all she has to worry about is listening to those tracks and doing what she's doing. He's managing the paperwork and the bags and the. Yeah. She doesn't have to be addressed or answer questions. She might have to have a COVID test upon arrival. That's a new thing that we have to contend with, but she can still continue to listen to her tracks, stay in that zone as much as possible. The zone. That's exactly it. The zone. Yes. You know what you want to get in by that by the time you get into the hospital, you're in the zone and you want to stay in the zone. 
And another thing as well, um, and it's a silly thing and it's a practical thing, but it's something that I like to tell the couples when it comes to packing for the hospital, you know, <laughs> there's always this big thing about what do I pack to go into hospital? I mean, it's a bit like packing to go on holiday, you know, what you need, yeah. your clothes, all of the, the basics, but what you want, you want a little bag that is just for you when you're in labor. And that's the only bag you actually need to take in with you when you arrive to the hospital. The other bag with your clothes and the phone charger and all of the, you know, your toiletries and everything is separate, especially if it's a bigger bag. And even the baby bag is a separate bag, but the yes. labor bag, the one with your snacks and your drinks and your straws and your hairbands and your lip balm and all the things, your, your music, and all the things you want to do to put in the labor room to make it look special yes. and sacred. Those are the things you want to take. And yes, you will have one outfit for you, whatever you're going to wear in labor and maybe afterwards and the first outfit for the baby. But, you know, that can come later. Definitely. It's the stuff that you want in this moment. What do you want with you in the labor room? You can use your car as a storeroom of stuff. Exactly. And you can always pop out. Well, your partner can always pop out to get the birth to get a fan or a heater if you want those extra home comforts. And I'd like to go back to when to go to hospital. Yes. There's different scenarios. Yes. When your waters break. Yes. Is it time to go to hospital immediately? When you start to feel surges, that's when we're waiting for three and 10. But I think when your waters break, then Sometimes people panic about that. Definitely. And that's got a lot to do with mainstream media because in the movies, whenever a woman's water breaks, the baby's usually born. Whoosh. In the next, yeah. <laughs> sort of next, if only they came, whoosh. Exactly. You know, it's always yeah. a hop in the taxi and all sorts of things and the baby comes. So we'd that is the understanding. Business. We'd be out of work if they came so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so yes um, especially for first-time moms you know if your water breaks and you're not even experiencing any surges well you're not even in labor so you don't need to go rushing off to the hospital however it is important that you phone your midwife and ideally your private midwife or someone who can ask you questions because what I know with the hospitals is when you phone the hospital midwife they generally tell you to come in you know yes because they're worried and they've got liability issues that they have to think about. But what should really happen is that they should say, well, you know, what were you doing? How well, so first of all, how far pregnant are you? So yes, your term. And you say, oh, I just woke up this morning and I went to the bathroom and then I stood up and my water broke. Okay. How much was it? What color was it? Are you experiencing any surges? No. Okay. Let's wait a couple of hours and you can come in later. We'll check in with you again in six hours. We expect labor to start. Check in six hours later. But unfortunately, what happens very often in the hospitals is that they say, please come in and then they want to do a CTG and they'll see a little bit of activity and they say, oh, well, you're in early labor, you need to stay. Um, and that's quite unfortunate because laboring in hospital in early labor is a bit of a time pressure associated with that. You're not yes. going to go any faster just because you're in hospital. Yes, you have 24 hours and it's different in different countries, 24 hours to go into labor from when your waters break. Yes. And that's sometimes how long it takes. Exactly. So at night, if your waters break at say 10 p.m., 
you have to take into account that you haven't slept the whole day, most likely, which means you've still got a long night ahead of you if you go to hospital straight away. So if it breaks at 10 o'clock, make sure that the waters are clear to pink and go to sleep, go to sleep, you know, and phone a midwife. And let her know what's happened. Really comes in so handy. And I hate the word handy because it just sounds like it's a sucker. But it's it's so handy to have contact with an independent midwife who you can take photos of these water of your water spray. You can say, This is what it looks like. And she'll say, put on a pad to keep monitoring it, make sure the baby's moving. She'll give you all these other little extra tips. And she could even labor with you at home for a short time or a longer time before you go into hospital Mm. Mm. this was a wonderful offering for moms in hard lockdown when we couldn't when they couldn't have doulas in hospital with them or even their midwives so then these alternate care providers your doulas and midwives would labor with them at home until the point of like okay you're going to have your baby soon and it's time to go to the hospital. You know what? I think it's also about taking responsibility. One is is being prepared and informed and understanding, but also about taking responsibility for your labor and what you want. And I'm kind of quite keen to hear from you what your understanding of, of taking responsibility for your labor means to you. Well, doing the research and having a voice to explain to your care providers what you want and to your part, and also realizing that there's no hard and fast rule when it comes no. to this. Because if you feel uncomfortable staying at home, then your labor will stall. Mm-hmm. Even if you, all, the, all the midwives, all the doulas, all the literature says stay at home after your, you know, when labor starts, stay at home then you feel that pressure to stay at home, but actually it may not be the best place for you mentally. Maybe you still have like it in your mind that, oh, I still need to make that long trip to the hospital. I don't really want to be in strong labor when I'm in the car and I want to set it up so that I'm comfortable in that space Mm. as opposed to being at home and waiting it out. So every person is so different and we have to respect that. But I think if both partners have done adequate labor and birth preparation then hopefully they're on the same page Mm. and can both take responsibility for their birth yeah I think that's such a um a a good point to bring up about the fact that some people don't actually want to be at home in early labor that being at home would be more worrisome than being in hospital but in terms of taking responsibility, it's about like, if you do want to be at home, you take responsibility for that. And you've done the research, you do understand, and you really trust the process of labor. So it actually feels comfortable to be at home, you feel okay being at home. And you have put the resource, you've got the, the tools and the resources in place, that will give you that additional reassurance that it's okay to continue being at home. Because the other thing is that, you know, labor very often starts quite insidiously. Like you've, you've been in labor for a couple of hours before you actually realize you're in labor. You know, those, it, it goes from being Braxton Hicks that are yes. negligible to realizing sort of 12 hours later, of, sure, I've been having Braxton Hicks all day and now they're starting to get a little bit more regular and a little bit more intense. Um, which doesn't mean that you need to rush off into the hospital then it's just like oh wow okay I think I'm in labor wow let's get to this and then trusting that yes 
it's the best when you can be in denial about your labor for as long as possible. So much of it is about mindsets and understanding. Mm. And having the right team. So much about having the right team, you know. I think just having someone that you can phone, that you trust, who knows your history and who knows you and who knows what preparation you've done goes such a long way in terms of guiding you as to when to go to the hospital and what's actually happening. I mean, I do it all the time. I work with couples virtually all the time. I'm supporting them before they go into the hospital and I'm in another country. That's fantastic. So, And also to remember that when you get to the hospital, you can't reverse out no, the hospital. You have to say, so, exactly. you're be there until you have the baby. Yep, exactly. So having these extra voices, the midwife, the doula but bearing in mind that the doula is non-medical and she'll never say to you stay she shouldn't say stay at home no but most doulas do work with midwives so yeah so the communication is there yeah so having these extra voices to help you make this these decisions really helps yeah but it's a really important point that you brought up about once you're in the hospital there's very little chance of (laughs) them letting you go because once you are in their care they've got to write that down and it's in your notes Mm. and they do not want to take responsibility for anything that happens if you leave the hospital exactly Um, so it's always about liability and that's why I think it's so important that you feel confident with what's happening in your body and move beyond the doubt that is there because it's your first baby and you've never done this before you do know more than you realize if you allow yourself to know it exactly you do if you can just access that and that also comes with time and hypnobirthing practice and having done an amazing prenatal course like ours like ours (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's about moving beyond fear because very often those decisions are made from a place of fear and um, just like just like the hospitals don't want you to go home, they are, that's from a place of fear. It's not from a place of what's happening to you or what they're seeing directly in front of them. It's a fear-based, fear of litigation decision. As soon as they give you a folder and put you on the CTG and get a trace, you're in. You're in. Mostly to stay, Mm -hmm. unless the doctor says, okay, wait, there's absolutely nothing happening here. And you're only one centimeter. Sometimes they do. Very rarely, though, they send you home. I wish that there was more trust in um, from the doctor's side and from the hospital side in in women's ability to birth their babies and know what's happening in their body and not telling them what to do and what they should be feeling and what they shouldn't be feeling and how they should be doing it and what they shouldn't be doing. We are the only species that gets that direction from someone else and has to attend an antenatal force and there's so many things we do as humans that the animal kingdom has bypassed well thank you Karen that was really enlightening chat this morning well I hope for our listeners that that has given you more insight into understanding the many nuances around knowing when to go to hospital and the different perspectives to consider but also about the importance of being informed and understanding what happens in labor, what it feels like, and having your team, having your support system, having someone that you can phone, that you trust, who can ask the right questions 
get the information that's required to give you the right advice in that moment. And it's not something that you can do before you're in the moment. It's something that you has, can only happen in the moment because we have to look at the big picture. And it is the big picture. It's not one thing. Labor is all about looking at the big picture. Precisely. Thank you again. Just a reminder to please subscribe, rate and review our podcast to make it more accessible to more women. And we'd love to see you in our Relax Into Birth Plus WhatsApp group. And the link to join is in the show notes. It's the best group ever because you get to ask anything and you get to see pregnant bellies, moms from all over the world connecting in one virtual space. And to also realize that we're all the same. All the moms all all over the world are the same and facing the same things and questioning the same things. We all have this common thread. Beautiful. See you next week. See you next week, Karen.